the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, all. It's a good Monday to you. Yes, I hope you had a good weekend. What do you say to that? I really do. I hope you had a good weekend. I'm Dennis Prager, and I love the color of my tie today. I love it. What would you describe it, gentlemen? Off orange? Burnt orange? Auburn? Why, just because you went to Auburn? God, he, he, everything is Auburn. Everything, everything. So I want you to know uh, I rarely say, I did the following. <laughs> it's not my style. But I, I believe that I am responsible for the CDC announcing that if you have natural immunity, you are less immune than if you have a vaccine. My my comments when I, I still I, I either still had COVID or was the day after I had COVID. So you could tell because if you were listen to the the audio, which has been uh, one of the most widely viewed and listened to videos. Uh, over the course of a few weeks, since I had COVID a few weeks ago. And I announced that uh, I had uh, actually hoped that I would gain natural immunity because it is so much stronger than vaccinated immunity. So the 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 world of the left went to crazy, just nuts. And it was so widely used, and I know they're tied together because Yahoo News yesterday or, or Saturday featured me and the CDC announcement. I shook them up. By the way, it wasn't even my intent. I had, all I did was open up to you, my audience. I had no idea that I would shake up the the establishment to the extent that I did, saying what was clear, natural immunity is stronger than vaccinated immunity in in the case of COVID. I, I don't know about other things. I did a lot of homework on COVID. And my basis was not my hunch. My basis was a massive study in Israel, which uh, per capita is the most scientifically sophisticated country in the world. And by the way, one of the most vaccinated. I know I'm coming to that. But uh, Israel, remember, is not only scientifically sophisticated. Its population is among the highest on earth in terms of vaccination rates. So they have every interest in Israel. 
to promote vaccines. And yet they said natural immunity is stronger than vaccines. So please understand that my claim was based on everything we knew until the CDC, which probably is lying. Now, to some of you, it is stunning to accuse the CDC of lying. To me, it is like saying the sun shines brightly when there are no clouds. Let us put it even more clearly. Cleveland Clinic in the United States, one of the most sophisticated American medical institutions likewise had its own study. But they're all wrong. They're all wrong. Because the CDC, for reasons I do not know, I have my suspicions, but I have no interest in offering suspicions. Whatever the reason, it isn't science. It's a combination of power. Well, I guess I am saying my suspicions. (laughs) Combination of power and money staggering amounts that Pfizer, Moderna, and the others pay to the CDC are not inconsequential. So anything, no matter how valid and true, that undermines the case for vaccines, and I have never once told any of you or anyone not to take the vaccine. It is not my province to tell you what to do. But I, it is my province to tell you truth. And the truth is that natural immunity is stronger. Alex Berenson wrote about this. He's the guy who was with the New York Times until he started telling the truth. Yesterday, yeah, it's titled, The CDC Hits a New Low. I didn't think it was possible. That's how he begins his his short comments. But yesterday, the Centers for Disease Control, America's not at all politicized public health agency, released a new study purporting to show that vaccination protects against COVID infection better than natural immunity. Of course, a wave of stories about the benefits of mRNA vaccination followed. To do this, the CDC used some magic statistical analysis to turn inside raw data that actually showed almost four times as many fully vaccinated people being hospitalized with COVID as those with natural immunity and 15 times as many over the summer. I kid you not. He actually read the study. Further, the study runs contrary to much larger paper from Israeli researchers in August. As my two-year-old likes to say, how, how'd they do that? How'd they do that? <laughs> well, the Israeli study drew on a meaningful data set in a meaningful way to reach meaningful conclusions. It counted infections and hospitalizations in a large group of previously infected people against an equally large and balanced group of vaccinated people, then made moderate adjustments for clearly defined risk factors. It found that vaccinated people were 13 times as likely to be infected and seven times as likely to be hospitalized as unvaccinated people with natural immunity. Question for you. Would you rather 
let us say it was guaranteed you would have minimal symptoms and get over it. Would you have rather had natural immunity through mild COVID or would you have would you rather have a vaccine? That's the question, okay? That is the question. Which which would you have rather had? I, I would be very curious. And which would you have rather had before this weekend when the CDC came out with that uh, with that answer? So this is uh, look look at what I caused. So funny life, you don't you don't know. By the way, I I have a new report on ivermectin for the liars at the New York Times who call it only a horse dewormer. I hate using the term liar. There is no other word for the New York Times in general on any political subject. They tell the truth on things that do not touch on politics. And apparently ivermectin is political. You know why? Because if it works... It's much, much safer than the vaccine. Everybody would acknowledge that. American Journal of Therapeutics, July, August 2021. Did you know about this? Ivermectin for prevention and treatment of COVID-19 infection, a systematic review, meta-analysis, and trial sequential analysis to inform clinical guidelines. And it is written by Andrew Bryant, MSc, Teresa Laurie, Ph.D., Therese Dowswell, Ph.D., Edmund Fordham, Ph.D., Scott Mitchell, MBCHBMRCS, Sarah Hill, Ph.D., and Tony Tam, M.D., They are generally, not generally, they're all from the United Kingdom. Population Health Sciences Institute, Evidence-Based Medicine Consultancy, Emergency Department, Princess Elizabeth Hospital, Division of Gastroenterology, Ulster Hospital, Northern Ireland. I'll give you the conclusion that this, the American Journal of Therapeutics published on ivermectin. Upon returning... I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. I just want to thank all of you who donated to the Alliance Defending Freedom during fundraising month. 
Do you have the final tallies, by the way? Can I see them? Did Metaxas beat me? That's disgusting. There's very little justice in this world. Uh, Eric Metaxas? Oh, my. Of all people. (laughs) Very few people know this, but Metaxas bribes people to donate to his causes, which is very strange because he might as well just give to the cause. Anyway, he's... uh, 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 I love Eric. Eric and I are very close. I'm very happy for him, and I'm uh, very happy with what you folks have done. It's a a great organization. I want to just thank you. I'm not asking you to send in. I mean, you certainly can, but that's not why I'm I'm making this announcement. It's a thank you for those who gave, and to instill a tiny bit of guilt in those of you who didn't. (laughs) Oh, Kadok. So here we go, Ivermectin, American Journal of Therapeutics, July, August 2021. All these scientists reviewing meta-analyses, a systematic review, etc. Conclusion, well, data sources. We searched bibliographic databases up to April 25th, 2021. Two review authors sifted for studies, extracted data, and assessed risk of bias. Meta-analyses were conducted and certainty of the evidence was assessed using the grade approach and additionally in trial sequential analyses for mortality. 24 randomized controlled trials involved 3,406 participants met review inclusion. And now, drum roll please, the conclusion the drummer has not been used in so long he might have COVID there he is no, no trumpets that was wrong because trumpets can convey the virus okay Do you know that I know a synagogue? This is so sad that it hurts me as a Jew to tell you this. It hurts me as a human being who believes in reason. So the central uh, act of the high holy days of Judaism, specifically Rosh Hashanah, the new year, is for everyone to hear the blasts of the ram's horn, the shofar. And there was a synagogue, I won't name it, it's so embarrassing to it, I won't name it, a very big one in Los Angeles that put a mask on the ram's horn. Even Sean is looking at me in disbelief. And he's heard it all. So that's why I didn't want the trumpets. Who knows if the trumpeter will convey death through that trumpet. Conclusion. Moderate certainty evidence finds that large reductions in COVID-19 deaths are possible using ivermectin. Ooh. Let me repeat that. Moderate certainty evidence finds that large large reductions 
in COVID-19 deaths are possible using ivermectin. Using ivermectin early in the clinical course may reduce numbers progressing to severe disease. The apparent safety and low cost suggest that ivermectin is likely to have a significant impact on the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic globally. Yes, that's right. So one of us is really, 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 really wrong. The New York Times or I. Okay, you have it clear. And when you find out later that the New York Times was lying about ivermectin, what will it do to your assessment of the Times? And by the way, if you find out that I was wrong, in my case, the issue is not a lie because I am giving you my evidence. They're lying because they dismiss it as a horse dewormer. If they said it didn't work, they wouldn't be lying. It would be opinion against opinion. What is lying is saying that it is only a horse dewormer. It was given a Nobel Prize in medicine for use in humans. Humans. That was the lie that they told. So I took ivermectin for the last year and a half as a prophylactic, believing, and I put my actions where my mouth was, believing that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and zinc and vitamin D, etc., over the course of time would prevent COVID from being seriously injurious to me. And it turned out that the COVID did not in any way injure me. I broadcast three days after being diagnosed. No, actually, I was diagnosed Wednesday, I believe, and I broadcast Monday. So three broadcast days after, five days actual calendar days. By the way, when I hear my voice, then boy, was I, I was so weak. But I, I am very committed to broadcasting, and I, didn't, I wanted you to know I was healthy and so on. But in retrospect, I could have taken another two days. But it's very often in retrospect you realize, yeah, you know, could have taken your time. Retrospect, the trick with retrospect is to have it in prospect. That's a good one. (laughs) In other words, it's good to know if you're going to Monday morning quarterback, it's good to know what you're going to say Sunday but it's not available to us, not in this dimension of existence. So, as I pointed out in the opening of the show, the CDC uh, was definitely influenced by the widespread attention given to my comments that natural immunity is stronger than vaccine immunity. By the way, I I said, uh, even in that broadcast, which nobody reported, of course, that if you're not taking the vaccine, you should be taking these prophylactic measures. You you shouldn't just take nothing. I, I I don't advise that at all. There's a, there's a big part of me, depending on your age, that thinks that you should take the vaccine if you don't take anything else. They won't report this either, I assure you. 
We'll be back. I'm Dennis Prager, 18 Prager 776. The Dennis Prager Show. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion has long recommended this precious metal. Up to 600,000 ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at Amfed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694-800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. My guest is the former science advisor for the Obama administration. If I'm not mistaken, and he'll correct me, he's a modest man, but I, I do want to note it. He was... He's one of the leading scientists in the country as well. He was former provost of Caltech, along with MIT, the two most distinguished technical universities in the world, and certainly in the United States. He presented PragerU's video, Is There Really a Climate Emergency, last week. And now he has a book out, Unsettled. And the reason it bothers me is I have to read it. But I will. And I always read the books I say I will read. Unsettled, what climate science tells us, what it doesn't, and why it matters. Okay, Dr. Coonan, Professor Coonan, Science Advisor Coonan, Stephen, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Thank you very much, Dennis. And it's just Steve. Uh, as you say, I'm, I'm kind of modest and unpretentious, actually. I'm well aware of that. Was I right about being a provost at Caltech? I was for nine years provost, and in altogether, I was thirty years a professor there. Huh. But of course, the uh, the people who differ with you, with me, and and so many others, will say, "Oh, we don't follow the science." It's quite an attack to make on you. Uh, I agree. Uh, particularly since everything I say in the video or have written in the book is right out of the official U.N. or U.S. government reports. So I'd love to have a discussion with them about who's denying what science. Oh, God, would that be awesome. We would put up serious, Prager, you would put up serious money to have someone equally prominent to you on the other side, who who is the guy? There is a uh, there's a truly a, a, no, not Michael Mann. No, no, he, I know what you. He's the guy at the Canadian no, University. No, no, that doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, he's so at Penn State. Oh, yeah. You, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, forgive me. There is a guy uh, who writes uh, yeah. McGibbon. McGibbon. That's it. Are you familiar with McGibbon? McKibben. Yeah, McKibben. Yeah. He's not a scientist, really. Oh, he's good not. point. Less than man. So let me tell you. I was at MIT last week in a meeting open to the whole MIT community uh, in which I shared the stage with a prominent MIT faculty member who is an expert. And we had a discussion, 
It was very good. Spoke for 20 minutes. He spoke for 20 minutes, and then we talked. He didn't challenge anything I said in the science. Wow. The, the discussion, you know, focused on risk aversion and, you know, improbable but high-impact events and so on. Um, and that's not the science. It's how you interpret uh, or what you do about it. Uh, but, you know, anything I wrote was not challenged at all. You need to write a book, and I mean this very, very uh, sincerely. You need to write a book or an essay on something even more important than how to read science data, and that is courage. And I'm, I, it's not being cute. Uh, this is an issue that comes up in my life regularly. People at, in, in, at speeches ask me, how does one become courageous so i will pose that to you and and please forego your modesty for a moment i'm not saying this to compliment you it's a fact that you're courageous how do you explain it well i think there are several factors um one is you know i i feel as though i know pretty well what i'm talking about and feel pretty confident in what i'm saying Um, of course i have tried it out on many sympathetic friends to make sure I've got it exactly right. Uh, The second is I have given advice, scientific advice, on other policy matters, ranging from nuclear weapons to the Human Genome Project to dirty bombs. And so I have some sense of what good scientific advice is. And I think probably most important is I'm toward the end of my career. I've had a wonderful run. I'm not ready to hang up my spurs by any means yet. But if I had 20 or 30 years of needing to get grants and invitations to conferences and attract students and so on, I'd probably be a lot more circumspect in what I am saying. I I really uh, have tremendous admiration for you, given how honest you are. We're going to come back to this eminent scientist, Stephen Coonan, and his uh, video is up at PragerU from last week, and his book just out, Unsettled, What Climate Science Tells Us, What It Doesn't, and Why It Matters. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hey up, everybody. Dennis Prager here. And just a note for Sean that I was kicked off the Internet again. 
I, I know I do, but it's not. Uh, I gotta get back on. It's really sad. All right, here we go. I am speaking to professor, scientist, former science advisor. It might be added to the Obama administration. Caltech, thirty years. The last comment you made, Stephen Coonan. Stephen Coonan's book, by the way, is unsettled, and I had him on the week it came out, but it's uh, given Glasgow right now. Um, the truth is, I could have him on every week since it's it's a preoccupation. So uh, I, I wish I wish uh, the world heard this man. So your last comment, I asked you about how you have the courage to speak out, since courage is everything. And the last comment was fascinating, and I, I, I really commend your honesty. If you were younger and you had to worry about your career, you're not as certain that you would have spoken out and or written this book. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. This is completely believable on two grounds. One is that it is usually a professor emeritus who says things that the left does not want to be heard because a professor emeritus can't be fired. It's just a title at that. I mean, I guess they could rescind the title, but beyond that, nothing can happen to him. So, for example, uh, let me ask my producer who uh, you oh Stephen uh, not not Richard Lindzen. So, as another oh, example, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, uh, the right. MIT scientist who was spoken out yep. about global yep. warming, yep. A- and again, not a young man. He doesn't have to worry about his future. Right. Although you you ha- you, I mean, I don't, I don't want to place a worry in your life, but to the extent that you. Uh, do get paid lectures, you will get fewer as a result of, well, I don't know, maybe not, maybe conservatives. Oh, well, you know, um, first of all, let me say, you know, my, my academic day job, I'm a tenured professor at New York University. Um, before the book came out, I sent a copy to the president and the provost, both of whom I know pretty well. You know, there's a bond between former academic administrators. Um, and you know, I said, read this. This is coming out. And they said, Steve, you know, we're behind you. You've got the freedom to say what you think is correct. And I've got to say that they've stood behind me in many ways, even as the university itself has become wrapped up in the climate crisis and climate action and so on. So, you know, kudos to them. With respect to my colleagues, um, I think Many on the engineering faculty uh, have an appreciation for what I've been writing and saying, uh, much less so on the other parts of the campus, but that's okay. I mean, I hardly have any interaction with them at all. My, my, I'm teaching climate science uh, now. I'll do a lecture tonight, uh, one of uh, a dozen this term, and I've got students who are fully engaged with the science and I teach it right out of the UN reports. So, what does the press report to us that is use the term you want untrue, unreliable, irresponsible, whatever term you wish to use? Yeah. So, so let me give you just some factoids. 
taken from the most recent UN report on the science, which was released on August 9th. When that report was released, the UN Secretary General Gutierrez said, Code Red for Humanity. But if you search all 3,949 pages of that report, and you look for terms like existential threat, climate catastrophe, climate disaster, they're not there at all. Climate crisis does appear once, and that's not a scientific finding, but is used to describe how the U.S. media have oversimplified their coverage. The report contains some interesting facts. For example, there are no detectable long-term trends in hurricanes. There are no detectable long-term trends in flooding. And if you go to previous U.N. reports that talked about the economic impact, you find that a warming of a few degrees by the end of the century, further warming, is a few percent in the GDP, equivalent to a couple years of growth. And so I don't understand what all the fuss is about trying to limit warming to one and a half or two degrees, when in fact the U.N. itself projects it to have minimal economic impact. No, my, my silence is, I, I, I almost don't know what to say. First of all, I have to acknowledge that I'm surprised, and tell me if I should be or shouldn't be, I'm surprised that the report, the raw data report of the UN, is that honest. Well, you know, as, as I described in the book, there's this long game of telephone that starts with the data and the original scientific research papers. It goes through the report to the summary of the report for policymakers and then on to the media and the politicians. And things get filtered out. They get distorted as you go through that long chain of information. And when you read the report itself, again, about 4,000 pages, pretty dense. They don't, excuse me to use the word, they don't deny any of these things I've been telling you. It's just buried and then not highlighted. So what is their, what is the report's prediction on increase in temperature by the end of the century if nothing is done? Right. Right. So. All right. Tell me when we get back. I don't want to interrupt you. Uh, Okay. And it'll certainly keep everybody listening. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager reminding you that Professor Coonan's video, if Prager you was up from last week, is there really a climate emergency? Again, he was former science advisor for the Obama administration and 30 years at Caltech. One of the only human beings to have actually read the UN report, I might add. And that's a coup de, uh, That's a feather in your cap. So I asked you, and I'm, uh, I'm very, very curious, and I'm sure, I'm sure my listeners are. So according to the UN report, what is the prediction of temperature increase if nothing is done? Yeah. So, you know, the temperature increase by the end of the century, let's say 2100, compared to what it is today, depends both on 
what emissions happen going forward, and also um, how good the models are. But to kind of cut to the chase, a good number is that we would warm by an additional 1.6 degrees centigrade compared to where we are now for the global average temperature. Wait, is that a big number? Wait, 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 wait. wait. If nothing happens or if we do draconian things? No, no, that's more or less uh, current policies. Well, current policies are that by 2030 or whatever year they pick, we will be carbon neutral. No, no, that they have not enacted that policy. That's a proposal, as you probably well know. And um, it's not obvious that that's going to come about. And look, anyway, the U.S. is only 13% of emissions, so it hardly depends on what we do. Uh, Much more important what China and India and the rest of the developing world are going to do. Well, India is among those who says, give us a billion, a hundred billion dollars, or is it a billion? What is it? A hundred billion dollars a year. A hundred billion a year. A year, yeah. All of the developing world. Right. That that tension has been there forever. Yes, and it's and, 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 and I, I side with the third world. We got yeah, rich you know. on fossil fuel, and you guys have to use sun sun power. Right, that's uh, eco colonialism. Right, it's despicable. <laughs> yes, there you go. I agree. Right. Anyway, let me tell everybody: your book is unsettled. What science? What climate science tells us what it doesn't, and why it matters, and the video. Summarizing all of this is up at PragerU, and that is, is there really a climate emergency? It's an honor to speak to you, Stephen Coonan. Great chatting with you, Dennis. Thank you. It's very sad that if he were 30 years younger, he might not be able to say any of this. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.